Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Betsy. I'm Jared. And uh, we're joined by Jordan Lone Bear. Uh, he hosts a podcast called Scary Stories to Tell from the Res. And uh, it's a podcast that centers around scary stories from uh, probably started out from the reservation you're at, which is uh, the Ute Reservation. Am I correct? Yeah, the Northern Ute Reservation up here in the Uinta Basin area. Um, Eastern Utah, for those that don't know, yeah. um, we're literally a stone's throw away from Colorado water. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm sure you'd love to hear stories from all reservations or maybe all scary stories because you can, you just you don't want to leave scary stories out. They get offended. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the um, the whole premise behind this the podcast. Uh, Scary Stories to Tell from the Res is a paranormal discussion podcast where we talk about stories, mainly scary ones, from within the indigenous community. And we tell them, we talk about them, and we'll break them down. And sometimes I love to hear it when my listeners send in their stories. So I'm constantly on the hunt for them. I love to hear it from their point of view, their voices, because it adds to some, you know. But uh, I also, I hunt them on different platforms. I, I go read them. and I, I, I'm always on the search for stories. I've done a lot of stories from the Navajo community down in Arizona and New Mexico area, which is probably one of my favorite places to get a lot of these creepy stories. I just dropped a uh, an episode a couple weeks ago about the the Kachinda dolls. Mm, I, now, the Kachinda dolls I, I have only heard of. My mom used to talk about them uh, when she was around. When she, she would talk about how they would come to life at night. And it was a journey for me because I got to, you know, I had gotten a huge lump of stories from the, about Kachina dolls and the Kachina culture. And I thought, what an opportunity to actually educate myself on what Kachina dolls are, what they are, what the Kachina culture was. And I'm, I was very happy because I was able to dive into that and I have a better understanding now than I did then about the Kachina dolls. Of course, the stories are very scary they're mm. very real and so that uh so that that was the i kind of lost my train of thought there <laughs> yeah, well i listened but, to uh, that yeah. one and uh n- not all of them were scary the one kachinas that would get down and jump around on the couch and hop around the house still scary i mean scary but not like you know <laughs> but i had a question i wanted to ask you this okay have you bought kachina dolls for your house since doing that show no, and it's funny because my wife was just talking about. I was telling my wife about them. She actually used to work in a uh, a thrift shop out here locally, and where they had Kachina dolls uh, for sale. And I was telling, her, I was like, I want to buy these. I want to buy these. And she's like, Why? <laughs> so I told her the story about how I was told that they walk around at night. And she goes, No, I, I, don't, <laughs> want I don't want those in my house. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up, uh, I've been around Kachina dolls all my life. Um, Both my best friends, the one prior to junior high and then junior high on, both of them were native. Both of them had Kachina dolls in their house. And uh, at first, you know, I thought they were just kind of statues, maybe, you know, honorary statues and stuff. But then you learn there's lore to them. They're, They're representations of of sometimes uh spirit or their representations of historical i don't know 
if moments it, are the correct word, but yeah, they, they're, they have representation toward spiritual beings and, and stuff like that. The one that I did stumble upon there, there was a whole list of Kachita dolls that I had, that had come across. One of them was called the priest killer. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I want to do this so bad, but I was like, I don't really know. Um, the, the whole story behind the priest killer Kachina statue or doll um, was that there was a, there was a man within the, the, I think it was the Navajo or the Aztec. It was somewhere in that area that the Catholic people had come down to their reservation. And basically they were abusing the indigenous community, the kids and stuff like that. And this uh, individual had actually decided to kill the Catholics that were within the community there. And so he himself became revered as the priest killer Kachina. So, but oh um, that was a story I wanted to tell, but I was like, I don't know. It's <laughs> because the story is so educational. I, I didn't know really where that fits in or, but um, I'm, I'm glad I got that off my chest. It was a story I wanted to tell. Yeah, no. And I'd say don't hold back because uh, I've never listened to the episode on the Kachina dolls. I have yeah. a Kachina doll that my friend gave to me from high school. It's in my curio cabinet. You better keep that bad boy locked up. <laughs> Yeah, for all you know, it's been walking around the house. Uh, Don't even know it. Petting the dogs, (laughs) riding the the hippopotamus. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that's that's wild. Yeah, and I mean, we could, I could go into the whole history. I mean, the the history of the Catholic Church in the Native Americans is uh, it's a well, it's it's a it's a back and forth, sultry one out here. The the go shoots, um, it, it, they're the Skull Valley band. And the reason it's called Skull Valley is because uh, I think it was the Navajo and the Spaniards would come up and kidnap them and take them back for slavery purposes and, you know, massacre the, the villages they rolled through. So they stack skulls around all the bodies of water to scare them off and then stayed hidden. And, uh, and then when either a mountain man or a Mormon rolled through and saw that and then just kept going and then came back a couple of years later and, and met some of the, 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 the band out here said, Hey, what was that all about? And they told him the story, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and then of course the story of the skinwalker. <coughs> where the skinwalker was where the Na, the as the story goes the navajo cursed the utes with the skinwalker because the utes were friendly to the uh the army coming through the u.s army and so the navajo cursed the utes with the skinwalker and uh and that's how the skinwalker got up to the utes because the skinwalkers and navajo uh a Navajo monster, I guess would be the easiest way to say it. Well, from what I was always told and what I was taught, it's interesting because I actually do have a story about this that I haven't talked about. There are a lot of stories that my mom uh, had told uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I was raised by my grandma and my grandma and my grandpa. And uh, she would talk about how uh, when she was younger, that her stepfather and her mom had been married for years and years and when they had split uh, he had told her that she was going to pay and 
she had told a story about how one night they were she and all of her siblings she came, she came from a family of 10 she was uh, one she was uh, hanging out with her siblings one night and they had noticed this really big dog and she said that they couldn't figure out what it was so the oldest of the bunch uh, the the siblings had yelled for their mom who was sitting on the porch and she had and so the dog had come up to the to the porch and they were screaming they're yelling at it ah, get out of here they were trying to scare it off but it wasn't it, it wouldn't it, it kept moving toward straight toward my great-grandmother and it's funny because they said that it got so close that they they managed to grab my gra great-grandmother and pull her away and pull her back but my great grandmother's hand had managed to brush up against this this dog's hair, and they they managed to get it away and, and close the door on it. But shortly after that, my great grandmother had actually suffered a, uh, I want to say it was a stroke, and had and had some severe illness uh, following that. So there's there's a lot of lore behind that. We were always told. As youths, we were always told that there was a divide between our communities and the Navajo communities. We were told to stay away from Navajo people. It, it was it was a lot. So I remember growing up and being told that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I understand, is the Utes prolific horse riders liked the U.S. Army because the U.S. Army brought more horses. That was what yeah. I that was what I I was told. But the Navajo was at war with the U.S. Army, and the Utes would, would often serve as scouts and things like that, and so the Navajo was mad at him. Hmm. So, I haven't heard that part of that. That's what I heard. So it was a curse, but the the Skinwalker is an actual, you know, the, the lore behind it is it's a witch that, um, it's, it's, it's uh, nothing like a, a medicine man or a, an elder it's like someone that starts on that path but goes awry from what i understand goes too far so, yeah so the whole lore behind skinwalkers i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh teachings about how uh, one does track down this path it's what they call it's what our people call bad medicine mm -hmm. and they they're practicing they, they practice that um as as what as what we were told anyway so Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and if you want to look at it realistically, sounds like someone going psychopath. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, mm. generally the, the, as, as the tales go, you've got to kill a family member. You've got to commit the horrible atrocities. Mm -hmm. Sounds like someone going psychopath. Uh, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. And people who are psychopath, uh, can easily prey on people who are innocent. So let's, let's take it out of the supernatural side. It could be a hundred percent real. You could be just at your house doing your thing or, or, or at your campsite doing your thing. You know, a psychopath could easily come on you and, and overtake you without you even know it was happening. Right. And then a lore could be built around that. So it it's it's a wild story it really is the whole legend behind the skinwalker is lengthy oh, and yeah. it's it's interesting because different tribes that i've found have a different a different way a different tale 
of how one becomes that, which we obviously discourage from. We talk about not, you know, not to not to not to words are easy. Um, but uh, yeah, within our community, we we've had a, a few individuals. I remember a story of uh, of a woman who was living down the road from us who had actually killed her newborn. Mm-hmm. And and for this purpose, and they and they talked about how like that was the whole reason behind why she did it. Mm. Because of skinwalkers to to or to, to become one to complete to that one. transformation. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, remember there was that story in New Mexico where a guy actually um, they were on the reservation in New Mexico. I imagine it was probably the Navajo group that's over there on the eastern side of the reservation, but the judge, the local judge magistrate, the judge for the like region was actually a, a Navajo. Mm. And when they went to court, it was a it was a custody hearing, but the son, the young child came up and told a story of the father taking him out and meet a weird guy. And they lit a big bonfire and burned a whole bunch of mom's possessions in there and blessed a whole bunch of stuff. And if you're reading it from the outside, it doesn't sound uh, ominous, but mm-hmm. the judge, the judge read into it and, it and it sounds like they were doing a ritual to, to harm the mom. And so the judge actually uh, convicted the guy with that added onto it. I don't know how he worked that in because I don't know where in legal legalese you find skinwalker stuff, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to put you away for, for attempting to become a skinwalker. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, or hiring a skinwalker, you know? I guess on some level, like I said, the room where my great-grandfather had done you know, toward my great-grandmother that was, uh, I guess, in the same vein of hiring a hitman or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but this guy got tried and convicted and lost all custody. I remember reading the story, but let's uh let's get this going. We got a half hour left. I know you've got a heart out, so let's hear your uh, your scariest story. And this will have to be an ongoing thing. I I need to. I love ch- talking this stuff. <laughs> what we'll have to do is we'll just have to come out there and meet up at Skinwalker Ranch. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So one story I've told uh, a few times on the show was uh, at years after I found out about the Skinwalker Ranch thing. Like I said, I grew up a few miles away from that. The oil field that I was working in, there's oil fields all throughout here in the U.N. Basin. But the specific oil field that I was in was within the same amount of distance from that, uh, from the ranch itself. Sorry about that. But we, we, I used to work night shift. I was a production water hauler, uh, for those that don't know, or, uh, I, I basically, uh, I'm a glorified trash hauler, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I was out working one night and I remember pulling onto a location just like normal. I turned on all my work lights, every light I had on, I had got out, I went to hook up the tanks and get them ready. I'd been up and down that thing. I'm just I'd been working night shift for years. Didn't there was nothing out of out of sorts. Well, when I had walked up to the tank to it to open the tank, I noticed that there was a dark figure or uh, something that I couldn't see through. The 
the um, <coughs> the uh, lights behind the tank from my work lights would have gone around the tank and right at the tank. But there was a spot along that tank that I couldn't see through anyway. It was dark. And normally I don't pay attention to anything like that. Normally I'm just, I move through it and get out and get it out. But for some weird reason, I decided to look and I fixated on this thing. And I had noticed that it was really tall. The tanks that I was pulling from, they have a weld around the tank for each uh, for each five foot, I think if I remember right. So for five, every five foot, this thing was standing right on the second weld, which would have put it anywhere from nine to 11 feet tall. Mm. And I remember looking up at it and this, it, it looked as though it was standing there with a big blanket on. It had had a head and it was just leaning up against that tank. From that, when I realized what it was I was looking at, just every amount of, just every amount of uh, strength to move, just it was gone. You were frozen. I could not. Yeah, I was frozen with fear because I realized that I could not see through this thing. And looking at this thing was huge. Um, it, it took me a few seconds to gather up the what strength I had left to walk away from there because I, I I remember my elders telling me that if you see these things, that these things exist out here. We're always told about these things, what they call shadow people and what you've hear, what you've heard on paranormal, anything paranormal, they talk about shadow people. Well, I was always told that if you see these things, you don't pay attention to them. You just let them be whatever they are, whatever they're doing. They're, they're there. Don't bother them. Don't look at them. Nothing. So I, <laughs> I opened up the tank. I made it my way back to the front of my truck, jumped into the cab, locked everything, turned on every other light that I had on, every light in the cab, and I'm just sitting there. I'm, I was shaking. Uh, I'm not a smoker. Uh, for that, I was smoking. <laughs> I was so I was so like frozen with fear and scared that by the time the truck had finished loading, I was so scared to get out of my truck, but I just remember – getting out of my truck. I was like, I got to hurry up. I, I got out, ran to the back, closed everything up, finished the load. And I looked again and the thing was still standing there and it, it had not moved at all. And maybe I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's a shadow. Maybe it's not. Well, <laughs> the thing was standing up. It looked as though it was just leaning like this looking. And was as it I was looking, looking at you, at it, 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 yeah, it just it looked like it was leaning up against it, staring. And so I'm staring back at it. Again, not something I'm supposed yeah, to do. Yeah. Well, as I'm looking at it, thinking, oh, maybe it's just a shadow. Maybe it's a dark spot. I, just trying to discount this as best I can. It looked up at me. Like It, it took its head off the tank and, and looked uh, at me. No, no. I dropped everything. <laughs> I disconnected. I threw all my stuff on the hose. Uh, I threw my hoses up and I ran to the front of my truck. And I realized I have you have to leave a slip of the documentation. So I flipped around. I drove the truck around because I was like, I'm not looking, whatever. So I walked as fast as I could, ran to the front, put the ticket in the box. And I remember driving through. And as I looked through, it was gone. So, mm. but that's, uh, I, I've told us a similar story to that. That's the, that was the, second time I had encountered something like that. 
Um, and I told my rep, the, my fellow drivers about it, you know, days later because I was, I was completely freaked out. I didn't want to talk about it ever again, but a lot of my friends that work out there were like, Oh, we've seen stuff like that. I've I've heard stories of oh people seeing things during the daytime. So, but, uh, that was probably the one that I was the most afraid Mm-mm. just in general. Oh, you don't blow that off. That's, that's, <laughs> no. that's got, yeah. Oh, and I couldn't imagine you had to run back and put a slip in. Mm-mm. Hopefully you didn't have to sign your name on that. Cause they would ask what doctor stopped by. <laughs> they were probably asking like, why would, cause I was, I was writing as fast as I oh, could. Oh, you gotta, you gotta fill it out. There. They're yeah, like, did yeah, this I say amoxicillin? What is this? <laughs> <stuff>? <laughs> I, oh. I had, I probably had doctor handwriting at that yeah. point, but it was, yeah. It was a really intense feeling because I remember just feeling a sense of like, oh my God, this, whatever it is, it's, it's coming for me. Especially oh. because you're taught not to engage. <clears throat> like you almost have to engage at this point. Well, if it's out there on your truck and you've got to deal with the hoses and any other part of the truck and the things leaning on it, I mean, it's running through your mind as you're putting it in gear. Like, am I going to piss this off by taking its leaning <laughs> post away? <laughs> I, I I drove from that location to the disposal with every work light I had on. I didn't see me <laughs> like a giant clear across glowing. The <laughs> I had my brakes on. I had my work lights on. I had everything on. I was constantly looking into my mirrors, make sure there's nothing on my truck. I just it was oh. it was a complete nightmare for me. But um, did you tell yeah. your wife about it when you got home? Um. So no, <laughs> I didn't say anything to anybody because yeah. of those. You don't, you don't want to manifest that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because that had happened uh, a few years after I had started working in the oil field. The very first time that I had worked in the oil field, uh, I got my CDL in 2014 and I was working. Once again, I started off on night shift. The very first night, the very first night that I was out there, I was uh, in a field called the Anadarko field. And uh, I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to say their name, but they're not out there anymore. So, <laughs> but uh, it was down in Oray, which is the south of Fort Duchesne in the mm-hmm. uh, U Reservation. I was out in that field, and the very first night I was out there, it, I was petrified already, just because that's a very old part of our reservation. It's it's been you know it's it's a my grandmother was born in that in that town. And they used to talk about scary stuff all the time down there. Well, uh, I remember pulling up to a location, same thing, had all my lights on. And one thing that we're taught as kids is we're told not to whistle at night because something might whistle back at you. Well, this night I was working, again, my very first night working by myself in the oil field, I heard a whistle. It's dead silent. There's, I can't hear pump jacks. I can't hear anything. It's I was actually really serene because I was like, oh, I can't hear anything. It's nice. I can work in quiet. I heard something whistle from far off across the field. I could, I could see all the way across. I couldn't see any headlights. I couldn't see any, any lights whatsoever. But this kept whistling it. And I was on the top of the tank, and I just kept hearing it. So I put it in the back of my mind. I tried my best. And once again, one time where once it was done, I got out, put my ticket in the mailbox. As I was walking back, I heard something whistle as if it was just a few yards away from me. I jumped in my truck and I was gone. 
I stayed within the distance within the light. I was like, nope, I'm not getting a light whatsoever. <laughs> mm. For sure, yeah. Oh man. Oh. It's so common though, in in all folklore, the the um the guidance that is given is to not engage. Yeah. Even in current paranormal, the guidance is to close the door that you open, don't engage. Well, I mean, with how many evil. scary movies have like the, the all the actors are dumb. They the engage. That's how they die. <laughs> what's that one with the tooth? The darkness falls. You're if you see it, then it comes after you. Yeah, and in even yeah. today, in in like the Appalachian, they are told if you hear something, no, you didn't. If you see something, no, you didn't. Um, if you're out alone at night, be quiet. Well, I'm lucky because the army made me deaf and old age is making me blind. So, <laughs> so you actually didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably didn't. But yeah, if you, you, know, if, you can have something probably what screaming at you right next to you, you probably wouldn't hear it. <laughs> I, yeah, it might be selected. I've been married twice. It. <laughs> <laughs> And in my particular scary story. Yeah, let's let's have you cuz we we've got 20 minutes left, 18 minutes. In high school, yeah. I lived just outside of the Blackfoot Reservation, and most of the people that that went to high school were from the reservation. The Blackfoot tribe was at one point like 20,000. Turn of the century it was down to 5,000 because of famine and things. And so the way the story was told to me was that during the highest points of famine when it, it started first with twins when a twin was born that the mother would take it down to a place called the bottoms one of the twins one of the twins and the mother would drown the twin whoa so moving forward as the famine continues the buffalo herds had been just decimated by these european settlers and um it became females so if you had a female born and you already had a female at home the male were the workhorse the female so you would take the second female and the mother it was the mother's job it was her tribal council to go down and drown the female so wow. to this day down at what they call the bottoms it's like uh it's like the kind of where the the river, the Blackfoot River, actually empties out into these little areas where they fish. If you go down there at night, you can hear the babies crying. And so the story is, and it's been passed down, you know, through the elders to the children, is that first of all, you don't go to the bottoms at night. Right. And if you hear a baby crying, you don't go try to save it. It sounds like it's in distress, but it's actually what they call the water babies. So once mm. the baby is drowned, it becomes a water baby spirit. And to get its revenge, it lures you down to the bottoms, um, and then it drowns you. Mm. So wow. a friend of mine was like, you don't believe this, but I'll take you out there. We're not supposed to go out on the res. So, yeah. so she takes me and we, you know, kind of skirt our way around the res and stop in and say hi to her mom or whatever. And she's like, okay, I'm going to run her home. And there's a group of us, another car behind us. And, and we pull down to these bottoms and she's like, just get out, just get out and listen. And you can hear what sounds like babies crying. To, and I never went back. <laughs> 
That was it. Wow. That was it. But she was like, you can't. And it they do sound like babies in distress. Oh. And we're not talking. I mean, this is barren country. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of wildlife. I've never heard anything like it before. Um, it's pretty like high desert country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it was creepy. It was really creepy. Mm. But she was like, you hear them all the time out here. They're the water babies. And that's the legend to stay away from the water and don't go to a crying baby. You, stay, mm. you, you never go to save a crying baby. Man. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's dark. That's freaky. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tough. The the having to kill children during famines. I mean, just go read anything about the Holodomor and it, it's nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting because what it, you can find a lot of those stories in the Ute Tales book out there that, that we grew up. And we were always told that as kids. But um, <laughs> I want to say thank you because that is the very first water baby story that I've gotten so far. Um, and I've been trying to track this down ever since summer hit. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, the, the, the temperature's out and, you know, the stories like that are, are they're so prevalent. And I love that the lore behind it was that there's actually lore behind it because uh, my great grandma or my great grandma, my grandma said that when they were kids, they remember, she remembers going down this little area and they actually seen one. They seen a, a creature. That, so from the Ute's perspective, they're, they're little creatures. They're not just spirits. They're creatures. And she said that they were her and her uh, brothers and sisters were getting ready to swim. And they seen on this really big rock, she said they seen this little, she said it looked like hair, like long hair, like mossy green hair. And she thought it was moss, but her brother stopped her and told her, like, uh uh-uh, don't. She goes, why? What is it? What is it? He, she said, he said, don't. And they looked and he goes, look. So they moved over around and they seen, she said it looked like a little, a little creature, a little thing that was laying there. The, what they had seen was hair and that this thing was sunbathing. Mm. And they said, that, she said that when they had gotten to, they kind of scared it back in it had heard the noise and jumped right back into the water. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, that story is kind of like the fairy or, uh, or, maybe a mermaid or something or mm-hmm. nymph. Yeah. Oh. And that, and that could be, I mean, all the way around. That is, yeah. that is wild. <coughs> that is wild. Okay. We got 10 minutes left. I'll see if I can't <laughs> brush through one of my stories. So, um, my buddy was building a monster truck and he, we wanted to go out to the skull Valley res to get a cross member for the transfer case on this monster truck. So me and him and another buddy, we all cruise out there and about, I don't know, 200 yards off in the field is the frame that he's pulling this cross member off. And they've got an old shed on there. It's one of those old kind of, uh, roughed up slat wood sheds where, you know, a lot of gap between all the wood. Right. And inside of there, they've got a, a 429 Cobra jet just like on a pallet tarp over it. And I was in there looking at that engine, you know, just kind of looking it over, uh, seeing if it's a usable engine still, or if it's too roughed up (sighs) buddy. And, uh, my two buddies are over there wrenching on that cross member. And I hear 
speaking outside. So I'm like, oh, they must have come back over. So I wander outside. Hang on, wait. I'm doing a interview oh. real quick. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was talking You're to good. somebody else. You're good. Keep going. You're good. So I wander <laughs> outside, and no one's out there. But then I start hearing, and the shed's big. It's like a three-room shed, you know, 25 mm -hmm. feet long, 12 feet wide, humana, humana. So I start hearing this, the speaking inside, so I stop and listen, and they're speaking in, in a different language. They're speaking in, you know, the go-shoot language. And I'm like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right. Some of the people out here are messing with me. I knew most of the people out there. My dad knew him, you know, it's, it's not like we were unfamiliar with each other. So I go running inside and I hear the speaking outside again. So I'm like, what the heck? So I, I start heading over to Russell. I'm walking across the field and I hear footsteps behind me and, and it's tall grass, just tall, dead wheat grass. And I stop and I look behind me and nothing's there. So now I'm walking faster. And I hear the footsteps some more. And so I stop, nothing there. So now I'm pretty much running, but I'm looking over my shoulder and I can see the grass being disturbed as I run. So I'm all out. I'm, I'm giving <laughs> the gas is poured on. I run over there. I yell at Russ. I'm like, there's damn ghosts here. He, he stops what he's doing. Cause he freaks out about ghosts out on the mm -hmm. res as well. And our other buddy, another white kid is dumbfounded. Like, what are you guys talking about? And Russ like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. We get in the car and we run over to his uncle's house. And his uncle at the time was, uh, was the, the chief, the head guy out there. And he's mm -hmm. not home yet, but his wife is. So his wife invites us in and, uh, She's giving us lemonade or whatever, you know, and talking to us. And uh, we told her about what we saw. And she said, oh, they were probably just interested in what the white boy was doing out here. <laughs> because <laughs> down in the bottom of the valley is the old burial grounds. And up on the top of the hill is the new burial grounds. And your shed sits right on the sacred path. What's a sacred path? Well, it's a path we uh, bless so that the spirits could, you know, family members could visit each other. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I haven't been back to that shed since. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, uh, I can't imagine being able to see something like that chasing you. I mean, of course I, you didn't see, but. Yeah, I, mean, I just saw grass being disturbed. I mean, for all I know, it could have been a, pinpoint located breeze but that's extremely pinpoint <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it looked like it was disturbed i mean the grass was probably two and a half feet tall and it looked like it looked like it was being disturbed by legs Oof. like it had a step to it and it that was all she wrote for me <laughs> yeah and russell russell didn't go back out there to, to that the shed? shed for a long time. I don't know. I'm but sure. Who built the shed on the sacred path? I want to know. The the yeah, sacred path came right? after the shed. You don't put a sacred path through a shed. <laughs> they built it in planning, a straight line. Planning people. Right. There's a communication breakdown there somewhere. Somebody you did not talk about that. You don't want to make your hundred times over great grandpa take the long route to go visit. <laughs> right? Oh. Um, 
I mean, at the risk of being haunted. I mean, Grandpa can walk around the shed. Yeah, so. it's <laughs> yeah. like it's a couple extra well, feet, and it's his property. Sure, uh, you know, it's it's his property. But yeah, I I I I don't care what anyone says. The the indigenous reservations, um, carry special uh special ground or a special aura with them oh yeah and, and it is there just like old cemeteries do um there there's a special aura there and it it might be a combination of tragedy and longevity who knows what it is or just that the spiritual connection or or even that even at a time when technology rolls in a lot of them still live a more traditional and open to spiritual way, which may cause mm. that. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there is, and I've got a couple more stories, so you're going to have to come back on sometime. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, it's interesting you talk about that too, because my wife and I, we, we do have an, a, an extreme amount of paranormal activity that we ourselves see within, uh, within the, uh, our own home. I, I moved off the reservation when I was 18 and um, I'm, I'm still seeing a lot of it. It followed and you. It really did. And it's funny because uh, she talks about how her, uh, her father uh, had passed away. Has, he, he passed away a few years ago. And she talks about how that she knows when he's around. And I was asking us, what, you know, how do you know that? She said it's because um, electronics seem to kind of distort a little bit. And she said that that's her indication that her dad's around. Mm. And it's funny because the first night that we were here, we were talking. We were talking about her dad. We talked a lot about uh, about her dad in the uh, the hallway in the apartment. The lights just started, and so anytime anything happens like that, we're I'm always uh, his name is Brian. I always tell him like, "Hey Brian, how are you?" Oh, <laughs> you invited I never got to him meet in. my father-in-law, so yeah. So he uh, he 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 feels that uh, that itch on his ghost ear. <laughs> he's gotta come see what's he's, up <laughs> he's an ever presence in this house and uh uh i got time for one more story to tell because i told this on another platform yeah. before um so it, this actually happened off reservation this happened within our own home and uh it's funny because i'll have to come back and tell bring my wife on because she can tell the second half of this story but one night we were sleeping and um my wife has very short hair it's like down to about like right there and um, we were uh, sleeping one night, and I remember waking up out of nowhere, and I looked up at her, and I was just looking her over, you know, how you're, you're still kind of trying to wake yourself up. We sleep with the TV on, and I noticed, I was like, oh, her hair's longer. And I, I was like, wait, my, her hair isn't longer. So I kind of traced her hairline up. Well, as I had traced her hairline up, she was facing me. But as she, as I was tracing her hairline, right in her neck, there were a set of eyes that were not hers. And I looked a little closer, and this thing had whatever it was. It was very light skinned or faced. It had opened its eyeballs and looked right at me, and <laughs> and I was like, and we locked eyes for a for like a second and a half. And like as if I disturbed it, it was it was caressing my wife. It was arm. nuzzling. 
Oh, absolutely. That's your wife no. now, monster. That's your wife now. It, it, I'll be gone. Oh, you <laughs> right can keep all that, my I, stuff. I was too. I was too petrified. I just. I seen it and I rolled over. I I rolled over. I was like, I'm no, <laughs> no and, protection. You're yeah. on your own. Oh. <laughs> and for and after that, I was like, I was like, there's no way. So I, I rolled back over and it was gone. Whatever it was, oh. I. All I could see was the that half, and it had just opened its eyes like I just disturbed it from whatever it was, and um, yeah. So and I oh, told her, no. and she was like, "Oh, so you just you didn't even scare it off or anything? You just left me." She's like, "You <laughs> left me to the monster? Did you just not hear what you said? You said monster, monster. I'll go fight bikers. I'll face a charging bull, but you said monster." That thing, whatever it was, it, it's funny because we we care. Uh, she, we have attachments that we see periodically. We call them looky loos. Um, we're constantly seeing something or someone peeking around corners or something like that. My wife's really, like I said, my wife's really into this whole paranormal thing, and she talks about PK energy. I didn't know that it's something that I myself possess, which is uh, it, the ability to kind of manifest things or manifest yourself outside. Well. My son that she's pregnant with now has that PK energy. His PK energy is off the charts. I've never seen any. She's never seen anything like it, and I've never experienced this. Uh, my daughter and I were in in my office one day, and we were hanging out. I heard uh, little footsteps running as if, and I looked right at her, and she's sitting next to me. But I heard these little footsteps running up down the hallway, and I was like, and I told my wife about it. She goes, oh, yeah, that's your son. He likes to run around the house. So, and my daughter's constantly talking to somebody who's a kid. She's, it's always at eye level with her. So mm. he's not born yet. Thing. No, you are in so much trouble. Oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm like, you need to, I don't know what you're going to do. The kids, uh, yeah. the kids going to show up with it all figured out. He's, he's very, uh, it's funny because it hasn't been until these last four months that uh, my my grandmother and my grandfather and her dad have been manifesting physically. We've actually seen them physically manifest within our household. Um, so we're our whole our, our theory is that he's been pulling in our family like crazy. So our family's mm. been showing up for for this little boy that's not here yet. So <laughs> hey, maybe maybe this kid's gonna show up and be the 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 person that causes world peace or or I hope so. <laughs> or figures out you got to give him a really cool name energy like, oh, like so, thor god so. of thunder or something <laughs> thor. Uh, funny that you say that his his uh his mom is very into game of thrones uh -huh. so she named him dracarys yes yeah absolutely which translates out to dragon fire and nice. she like she loves the uh, she loves the Mortal Kombat series. So his name is Dracarys Khan, which translates out to Dragonfire King. Nice, so, I yeah. dig it. That's right. That's nice. right. Nice, outstanding. Yeah. Man. So that's just a little peek in my home. Like I said, next time we do this, I'll have to bring my wife on. She yeah, she's got stories like crazy that I haven't I haven't had a chance to sit down with her and talk about. But um, yeah, but, we uh, would love yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, for sure. That's that. I love these scary stories. I love them. I love 
I love hearing a good story that when you're going to bed that night, you think, <laughs> damn it, why'd I hear that? <laughs> you know? You're like, okay, think about puppies. Think about yeah. puppies. <laughs> yeah. Think about puppies. <laughs> well, I don't have to. I've got Dozer. But uh, anyways, let's run through some comments real quick, and then we'll cut you out of here. Kendra says, love scary stuff. Ryan says that's nuts, and I think he's talking about the shadow monster oh, yeah. that's leaning up against your, your water truck. Nope. And then Kendra says shadow people. Mm -hmm. And then she also says there are shadow people at Grantsville, D.C., and that I believe. That place has an aura about it. And I think just because it's so big and such a dominant uh, structure out here. Mm. Ryan says, I have a friend that lives out in that area. Oh, why is it near so the reservation and tells me that he sees small dwarf like shadows running around on the property quite often. Kind of funny. And that's no, that not comes funny. along with the, the things you guys <laughs> manifest. Yeah. So that uh, it's interesting that he talks about that because we do have legend that every cult, every indigenous tribe or culture or whatever, they, they have what they like to call uh, little people. Um, so that's, could be something that they're seeing. Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be it could be a spirit. I mean, closer to the earth and that's where the earth spirits are. I've I've seen little people huts. <laughs> oh. We uh it was it, they're real interesting looking. They're they almost look like I've I've seen them made out of mud, but they were it was right by the river, so I remember seeing and you saw, and I seen little footprints like me and my friends used to travel along this little canal all the time and we we came across one and we told our parents about it which we were uh scolded for bothering them <laughs> yeah. do you they stay were, away they, from them yeah they were told they were like they like you leave them alone that's little people you, you let them be you leave them alone needless oh. we went back we went back well, well obviously i mean come on <laughs> yeah, yeah we went back and they're there it was almost like they're like the whole thing was gone like, oh. like it never existed so it was really odd to us they uprooted. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Ryan says, great show today. All right. Jordan Lone Bear. This has been a great show. We're going to have to do this again. Uh, we'll have to bring your wife on. I think this could be multiple shows, but I really would like to meet with you out there. Mm. And and uh, there's a couple places. I want to see uh, uh, Bottle Hollow. Supposedly, that <laughs> has a lot of energy with it. Um, I want to, you know, I want to come out there and explore all that. And then you come on out here and we'll show you the scary stuff out here. Let's Absolutely. wait until after the baby's born and, you know, <laughs> yeah. got a couple of years in him. But, uh, one more time, everyone, uh, go check out his, his yeah, it, channel. it's, it's scary stories to tell from the res. I actually, I had so much demand for it. I actually have merchandise so yeah nice. <laughs> so heck yeah my shirt so it's hey. uh, scary stories to tell from the res yes and you can find them on youtube you can find them on all your podcatchers i rooted him down on spotify and i rooted him down on youtube and if you go in the show notes there'll be a hot link in there that you can just click on it'll go right to him give it a listen his shows are quick to the point uh and very I know it's a scary show, but Jordan's an upbeat kind of dude. So it, <laughs> I mean, you might have a Try little bit of whiplash, but it, you can tell he's a friendly guy, a very personable guy that has good conversation skills. So it, it's, I, I really enjoy that part listen. of it. Yeah. A real easy listen. 
It's a no, good time. You guys are you guys are making me feel so great about myself. Hey, <laughs> dude, you, you should make yourself feel great about yourself. I dig the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Jordan. Yeah, thank you, everyone. We're gonna cut you loose, and uh, thanks so much. And we'll see you next week, Jordan. Hang on for just one second. Have a All great right, week, everybody.